Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Barnard Breakdown. It's Chris. I'm here with Ryan Lesh. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. You know, one of the things that we do, and I'm going to put you on the spot. We didn't even talk about this before, Uh-oh, but if you watch the show, you know, yes, sir. at the very beginning of each episode, we do what's called the good report. Yes, and sir. so what we're doing is we're always trying to find some good news out mm-hmm. there. And so uh, do you have any good news for us for the good report? I'm going to take from one of the things, actually, the very, uh, when I, like we talked about before, I watched uh, like a few minutes of the Black Lives Matter one you just did, and I have to agree with them, the the rain, I have, I'm pretty happy that we're getting rain, we're getting uh, some sunshine, yeah. I mean, I'm an outdoorsman, and I will say that, you know, you start getting those fires in, it, I mean, I, I'm already planning like, oh no, what are the deer going to be doing, the elk, the this, the this, and I, and I uh-huh. see it, I go out in the mountains now where I see the effects of animals coming down and what happens so when i'm like oh yes like as much as i like want to come out of winter and have nothing but sunshine i'm like give me the rain tons of rain just hit me with it and then let me deal with the sloppy the wet dog paws of my dogs (laughs) and the mud coming in the house but i don't want the smoke i don't want that no yeah no that that's good you know we've had i've had friends come up um you know we schedule trips up here and we're always like oh do july Yep. Get in August, you know, it's can it can just get super smoky as you head into Oh the, yeah. And you, you always love how it happens when yeah. we have big events going in town too. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. It's like, "Oh, are we going to make it?" Is well, it and of okay? course, you know, with the COVID-19, this is a little bit different. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, different scenario for events this watch year watch this know? year we won't have fire we won't have fires not uh-huh. going but we won't have fires, but we'll have covid. Yes, you know, <laughs> something shut down. So, um you know, I think uh, that's good. I, I, I agree. The rain yep. and um, and it's nice to have a couple of days of nice weather. Yep. Uh, for me, you know, the good report is I think the the great job um, that I will say. Uh, I just wanted to highlight something. You know, we cel- I've celebrated some of the graduates and stuff with yep. the school system, but uh, it seems like the school district is doing a real good job to pivot. Um, towards um, opening up more opportunities for for education within mm-hmm. the community, especially with the COVID nineteen, yep. and and there being you know this this looking at next year seems like they're getting ahead of the ball uh, right now. And and I just saw some notes on on one of their local local meetings, and I was just I'm just glad that they're not putting their heads in the sand on that stuff, and they're yep. really paying attention mm-hmm. for the next next school year and season yep. and and all that. So kudos to the school district for for making some pivots and trying to make some things work on the fly. I, you know, it's I easy to, to be agree. critical of that, but man, it's like, wow, they, you know, to be able to, <clears throat> to finish a school year from home well, and to make that pivot, it's just amazing. So kudos to you teachers me, and school and people. I'll yeah. give you a, a quick little, a little story before we get into it all. Yeah. I know how this already feels because I was in in Louisiana for Hurricane Katrina. Oh, okay. Guess what? The whole first half, I mean, what was it, the first semester, we went in. I mean, like a month in the school, barely a month, Katrina hits. We didn't have school until like the last two weeks of what would be the first semester. And then when they brought us back for the second semester, we went to school from 7 a.m. We basically went in like 30 minutes earlier than usual. Uh-huh. And we got out at 11 a.m. And then our rivals, like one of our biggest rivals in the in the parish, because in Louisiana we have parishes yeah, yeah, and yeah. counties, our rivals came to our school and had to go to school in our school the second half of the day. Uh-huh. So it was one of those things That's like I funny. noticed this and I tell, you know, and I, and I look at it from a bigger scale because that was a regional area yeah, it was big. that happened. I mean, that schools got washed away, destroyed. And then up here, like now it's, it's national, mm-hmm. like global. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I always mm-hmm. tell people it's always funny that when I see some parents rag on homeschool kids and everything, and then they, they yeah, I talk to homeschool kids, they're like, nothing homeschool. changed. 
Yep, <laughs> they're like the kids are like no school, and they're like, we still have school. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we uh we've got our our little seven year old. She'll about about to be eight, and mm-hmm. um, uh, year before the school year, we decided to move into homeschool this mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, we my wife and I do a fair amount of traveling, and so it, last year in first grade, it became mm-hmm. really tough to kind of maintain our travel schedule. Um, yeah. while so, she's in the normal school, while she's in normal school, yeah. and she's always behind and trying to catch They're up. They're on the strict and, schedule. Yeah, and so so we just we just went with the homeschool, and and so uh, it was really funny because everybody else is now now converted to homeschool, yeah. obviously with and working with the school and from home, and and we're like nothing's changed for us. We're just plowing through. Another question is know? how many people called you for advice on that? A few, a yeah. few. Yeah, everybody yeah. I know who homeschools their kids have been telling me <laughs> before. No one cared. No one. People were just always intrigued, like we were uh-huh. some like rare creature. And yeah. now it's like, oh no, not, now we're the experts. Uh, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Ryan, again, thanks for coming on the show. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. So, let's do a little cheers to the good report. Cheers. Both, both have caffeine, cheers. I think. Hey, yep. Come on, giddy up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Caffeine makes the world go round. Yeah, boy, doesn't it? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so, give us a little history, background. You know, when, how long have you been up here? You know, tell us a little bit about your yourself. Okay, well, introduce um, yourself to the people. No, um, uh, moved up here in 2012, actually. Okay. Um, born and raised in Louisiana, deep, deep South Louisiana. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, you, from either between New Orleans, Jefferson Parish, or um, living just like 30 miles north of New Orleans up in uh, Slidell, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So, grew up there. Um, loved, I mean, I'll tell you one thing. Now that we live up here, the food. Oh, I miss the food yeah, every I day. I bet, because there's, there's some real flavor down there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Miss yeah. the food. I mean, the culture, Southern hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, clearly we moved up here for a reason. I was in the military at the time. Um, I was just getting told that I was going to be processing out the military. Like, it was going to take me a while, but, like, kind of the writing was on the wall. Okay. And my mother and father had um, come up here on vacation. I couldn't come up here at the time. They were like, oh, my mom was looking around, you know, for places to move, you know, get out of, you know, the South just because of, you know, crime was really getting bad in certain places. And we weren't even in a bad place. It's just imagine if like all the crime from Spokane, like all the bad moved to Coeur d'Alene. You would ruin a a good moderate city like that, you know, might have normal issues, but it just gets real bad. That's what happened to us. And my parents just said, hey, we're going to go up to this place. My mom had looked for like years for places to move. And, you know, me and the kid, me and my brother, my sister would be like, Idaho? Oh, you- no, no. Yeah. yeah. Okay, mom. Yeah. You'd let us yeah, know. Is when- that next to Nebraska? <clears throat> yeah. We're just like, yeah, you let us know. You know, next to the- <laughs> and So one day my mom's like, yeah, we're going on vacation up there. And I start thinking, okay, uh-huh. so, so she's not going to like something up there. You know, my mom, my mom, you know, doesn't like the cold, you know, everything. So I'm like, she's going to find a way. Something's not going to work uh-huh. out. Yeah. They go up there look like they had all kinds of fun traveling the country and, my dad at the time had worked for uh, Cisco Foods. Okay. Yeah. Um, in, in down in New Orleans, so they had the Cisco Foods over in Post Falls. So yeah. he reached out, talked to them, and the story from what I'm told is that on their way home, you know, because the thing is, hey, how, how are we going to pay for stuff if we leave my, leave my job? Well, they offered my dad a job on the way drum driving back. Oh, that's cool. And then cool. that's kind of when it took off, yeah. and it's like, hey, oh no, we're we're moving up here, so we. They kind of extended their reach out to me. They said, hey, you know, we're moving up here. You know, if you want, you could stay. I mean, because I have my, you know, the person I love most in my life is my papa. And he's down there. You okay. know, my idol. You know, yeah. person I've always looked up to everything. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of thought about it. And I was like, you know, yeah, I've always wanted to live in the mountains. Something. I mean, I'm a, I'm a hunter. So 
you know, the deer, the deer back home in Louisiana look mm. like little dogs running around to the right. compared to ones yeah. up here. Yeah, for sure. So it was, yeah. I mean, that's what it came down to. 2012, we moved up here, crammed all of us, multiple dogs, cats into three vehicles. I pulled a trailer and we pushed through. And we came through at the time of the uh, fires down in uh, southern Idaho. Mm -hmm. That's exactly when we were driving mm -hmm. through everything. So mm -hmm. came up here and haven't looked back since. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, we miss the culture, we miss family and everything, mm -hmm. but I mean, I don't think you could find a better place, you know. It's it, pretty amazing up it, here, isn't it? It's yep. beautiful, beautiful, the people up here, I mean, despite people want to bicker about stuff. Yeah. I tell people, I mean, I've, I've you know, been all over the country with the military and everywhere I've been, I mean, there's probably some other small towns here and there do sure, the same thing, but yeah. Yeah. I can never see myself leaving here. I mean, I mean, what else do you really need? I mean, if you want mm. big shopping, just go drive, go drive half an hour south. Yeah, You're good. Come on. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And, and, you know, one of the things that I noticed so much about people who end up moving here is it yep. is a, it is a kind of a refuge, kind of a haven feel like, like, you know, when you come up here, it's like, oh, you get a little slice of paradise that, you, you wanna, know, yeah, like you kind of yeah, come up here and take like, a deep look breath, around, like that first, mm -hmm. uh, Dan McDonald said it one day on, yeah. on his thing you did with yeah. him is like you come over that bridge and the, you're like wow yeah the long bridge experience <clears throat> right oh, you know yeah. that's like that is a moment that, that I think people we still don't all have it we still all, we all feel do, it yeah. every so often yeah yeah you no know, I've been on trips and 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 uh, come home and been like like the second you feel it like mm -hmm. oh <clears throat> you're home like it's just oh, there's yeah. this sentiment there that's really sweet you yep. know about living here so now you were in the military any any background on that <clears throat> anything you want to share about your time there. No, just uh, at 18, um, you know, I was a very average kid, you know, not very good in grades, very stubborn, but I was physically active, physically fit, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I just, you know, one day one of my buddies said he came back with a shaved head, you know, in high school, went to the delayed entry program and you know, he started talking to me up and say, hey, you should come to the military. And I went, I went to all the recruiters and one day and I remember the Marine Corps recruiter, um, Sergeant Day looked at me and he goes, he goes, what do I have to convince you of? He goes, if you want to be a man, just come here. You know, he oh, yeah, kind of yeah. that, that oh, challenge. And I'm like, come on. I was like, yep. all right. I said, <laughs> so I went in and I remember my mom came into the office. I mean, cause every mother, every yeah, parent come like, on. oh, what, why, why are you going? No, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And I went in and I remember my mother said to the recruiter, she says, either the, either my son is going to break the Marine Corps or, <laughs> or the Marine Corps is going to break my son. He goes, I think we, he says, I can tell you which one's going to happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I went in, I'm telling you, that was a life changing experience. Wow. I mean, yeah. you go from, I mean, I was a kid, you know, that, you know, I mean, most, you know, teenage, you know, boys, you know, they go through, you know, you know, testosterone and all that right. you know, active. I mean, just, you know, mm. we get upset at things, you know, we lash yeah. out quickly. Yeah. yeah. Tell you one thing, you get in there and it's a reality check. And I remember my parents could say, I sent a letter home one day and I was just like, I am so sorry for everything I put y'all through. Wow. Because it, it was a, a gut check. Good. Wow. And I tell That's people, crazy. it wasn't like someone random hitting you in your, like a gut check. It was like, if like Mike Tyson prime just hit you as hard as he could in your gut. Wow. Um, Went in as a field radio <laughs> operator, which okay. basically the sum it up for people don't know. That's, you know, you run with infantry, but I put an antenna on my back that says, shoot me. Yeah, right, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So I went in, did that, had my fun, uh, traveled the country, traveled the world a little bit, you know, cool. but um, yeah, I mean, it was a good experience. And for, I mean, I wanted to make a career out of it, but, you know, mm -hmm. injuries pop up. Um, mm -hmm. And eventually, you know, I made a decision to get out the military um, is I could have I could have stayed in and done an administrative position, but it wasn't for me. Mm. I like being physical. I like, mm. you know, being okay. a part of the guys who just, you know, insult and beat each other up all the time. Right. Like, yeah. In the culture. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, but I took life lessons out of it. Okay. Um, 
I'd say the best advice I got was before I went into military was went to my papa and I said, Hey papa, you know, what do you think I should do? And he says, well, as he was in the Navy back in Vietnam and he said, you know, he goes, college is a great opportunity. He goes, you know, you do it right. you be smart, apply yourself. You, mm-hmm. You'll come out of it. I think he goes, but you go into the Marine Corps. He goes, you're going to take life lessons out of that that college will never teach you. Okay. He says that is something that even yep. if you do four years of it, it's going to teach you things that mm-hmm. are going to – you're going to stand out in society the rest of your life if you do things right. And he said, and when you get out, then apply that to college if you want to go to college. He goes, because once you go in the military, he goes, if you do it right, quitting and failing is not an option. Right. So I made the choice and I did, you know, after I went into military, I did probably, probably a year and a half of college and I tried and it just was not my thing. I grew up around policemen, firemen, military, you know, coaches. Mm -hmm. I grew up around, Mm -hmm. you know, say blue collar, like, you know, average level things. I, you know, I tell people the money, I've never been a person who cared about a lot of money. I like, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, if I have a house on the hill and in the woods and I can go hunt and I got my dog and a good woman, I'm fine. I don't. So I kind of went with, you know, I'll just, you know, work for either start businesses or work for my family. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I've worked in some good prominent places here in town and, you know, just eventually injuries catch up. And, you know, so now I'm, you know, just like we talked about earlier, work for my mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. Uh, do that. And then um, pretty much my main goal right now is for years now is my health, you know, okay. is like getting back to that prime, wow. yeah. you know, six minute yeah. mile runs, you know, 25 yeah. pull-ups. I tell you, it's a gut check as a as someone who is that physically active, and then you get hit with so many things. Yeah, that's got to be tough. You know, before you're 20 years old, that's got to be tough. Oh, yeah, it's always something. So, yeah. so now your papa says, you know, hey, do four years in the Marines, and yep. you're gonna learn some lessons that yep. you'll never find. So, give me some examples. What are some some of those lessons that you learned in the Marines that you wouldn't have been able to find anywhere else? Uh, I would say I would say leadership. Um, I tell you one thing is that you, you, you know, we all go through our phases. We, when you're young, you look at your boss, you're like, man, he's a jerk. You know, mm. why, why doesn't he list? You know, why is he always upset when mm, little you know, resentment he, there, yep. little, and I yep. tell you, you get in, you start getting some leadership positions and mm-hmm. somebody messes up underneath you and you get yelled at. And then, you know, you, you start telling, you start realizing, you start realizing how the real world works. Okay. And you know, that, um, <laughs> yeah. the inte- integrity, I mean, okay. So tell oh. me, tell me about that. Tell me. To, like, how do you define integrity? I would, I would define integrity is that you, you do the, you do the right thing. I would say no matter what, and especially when no one's looking. Yeah. Okay. And you, and you, you know, you, you hold yourself to a certain, you know, you know, standard, amount of standard a certain amount okay. of honor. You know, okay. so if I shake your hand, you know, if I have to, I mean, unless I'm dying in the hospital, I'm going to be there. I'm, yeah. You know, and I, I think that's one thing we've gotten away too from is, you know, everybody, every agreement nowadays on Facebook. You know, hey, I'll be there. Cool. And then the message, oh, I'm not going to be there. No, I've got a friend who lives in Australia. Yeah. And, uh, and he says one thing about America is that, um, that, that, hey, let's get together or let's have coffee. Yeah. It's a throwaway goodbye line. Yeah. Because nobody actually means it. Oh, yeah. You oh, know? for sure. So, and- yeah. Yeah, for me, it's there's something like, uh, and it's so crazy that even guys my age, a little bit older than me, I mean, even older men, like they're confused when I go to shake their hand because they're not used to it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, hey, you know, no, I'll help you, or you know, hey, or whatever I agree to. Yeah. It's handshake, yep, and you mean it. And mm. and I, and it's so crazy to me that, and it's like almost I see the old men light up. They're like, what? 
oh yeah yeah for sure and then you know from that point on i mean it's just something about mm-hmm. and also as i always say you can judge a man by his handshake if he's just like a little flimsy no grip to it and i tell <laughs> okay. you these mountain men up All here right. i shake a hand and i i yeah, like i have on, broken knuckles on. and yeah, i'm like okay better, yeah. i lost my hand in yeah. that transaction but yeah, i might better some- get some of those little flexors <laughs> you know like do oh, your work sure. do your work you know there's like a one where it's like re- cap- stress relievers it, it's like you're shaking concrete yeah so you grab the, you, i come out with callus on me. i'm like he yeah, got my like, hand dude, tougher just from shaking yeah, it yeah okay. come on that's awesome um okay so you learned a couple of great lessons you know yep. in the marines and, and you've been here since 2012 um uh, you know one of the reasons why you know you contacted me about coming on the show um obviously there's been a lot of drama around mm-hmm. we've had a few shows kind of focused on um the black lives matter protests yep. and around um different different people from different angles you know i had yep. mayor shelby on um and we talked about you know uh his take on some of that uh yep. and again uh, audience if you haven't watched any of these shows i really recommend you go back and and watch you know episode 32 uh 34 35 this is episode 36 so you know this the last four or five episodes we've really been focused on this because um one of the things that i see um happening right now in our community is this absolute breakdown of communication Mm -hmm. this inability for us to not only see each other as humans a flawed humans we are like we're we're totally all imperfect Mm -hmm. um and then also to really um step back off the ledge of of uh, what I call, I call um, really bad thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things that I, I see happening a lot, especially on social media, is that everybody assumes that they know what's in somebody's heart mm-hmm. and what they believe and <laughs> what they, you know, so um, I, and I mentioned this in my conversation with Shelby was, was that, you know, I really feel like it's really important to get firsthand information and to believe people at their word. Yep. Um, and take them at their word take until, them at their until word. they yep. do something to show you otherwise. Right. Exactly. And then, yep. and then, you know, then, okay, well, if the, if firsthand, uh, reporting is different then okay, now we got to figure that out. And sometimes it's not worth figuring out. Yeah. Uh, sometimes some it's just like, you just, just let yeah. it be water under the bridge and just let it move exactly. on. Um, other times you've got to spend a little bit more focus or energy to try and figure it out. Mm-hmm. But those are all judgment calls. <clears throat> yeah. There's oh, no, there's no rule. It's different. all, it's all judgment calls. But I think, you know, one of the things I'm, I've been focused on is trying to create, uh, to create an opportunity for us to, uh, see each other as human mm-hmm. instead of whatever label or term we put on whoever it is. Um, and, um, and really start to hopefully value each other better in yes. our community. So that's, that's kind of been the focus. And so you reached out, uh, I was so glad that you did. And, and we've yep. had a couple of little small conversations and, and stuff. Um, so, so what was kind of, what were your thoughts when you said, Hey, I want to come on the Bonner breakdown? Well, well, what was crazy is that, you know, no offense. I never even, I didn't even know about your show. Come on. No then. offense. Take no. No, none. I, I, Zero. I Zero. Say that, I'm not even, it, it, I'm not even mad. You know, I, we're I, a small growing podcast, you know. I tell people it, it, when you say no offense, <laughs> they always say, okay, I'm about to be offended. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's really, like I'm already I offended. It. I get it. No, so good. I had a bunch of people reach out to me after the council meeting. They were like, you need to go check this guy out. And I was like, you know, I was like, man, it seems kind of, you know, cocky to reach out and say, hey, bring me on your podcast. And then. You know, and then I, you know, talked to Dan McDonald. Said, "Hey, what do you, what, what you read on?" He goes, no, "What you read on Chris?" He goes, "He's a good guy, solid. You know, just you know, you know, he knows how to carry a good conversation, uh-huh. and he's open yeah. about everything." And I was like, "Okay, cool. I'll reach out." And you told me that you know a few other people had mentioned me, and yep, I was, yep. And I, I actually I been wanted, messaged yeah. um, before the city council meeting. Yep. 
a couple of people messaged me and said, Hey, you should, you should, you know, have a conversation. And then Dan yep. messaged me and after and said, Hey, you should, you know, Ryan might be giving you a call, give me a number, you know? So, yep. yep. And I, I kind of just wanted to, I mean, you know, the events have played through downtown recently and, it well, and we'll break a, it out. We'll yeah. break, we'll break that out. It's just but. amazing. The, like, again, how you said, we're not having conversations and you know, it's amazing how, and it's on left and right. I'm not going to blame both e- on. one side or the other. I That's mean, I, I'll yep. say both sides are idiotic to a degree and it's, and it's hard to sit there and, you know, when you're standing there and you're getting accused of so many things that you know, you're not, and it's not just one person, it's many people mm. and then it's leadership and it's so many mm-hmm. things. You're like, wait, where, where did we lose this? Where, where did we get lost in this? Mm. What, how is it mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm doing mm-hmm. this one thing that, you know, isn't, you know, maybe a you know, an issue to some, but then it, it spirals out of control and it's like, and then, Mm. and then you see both sides do it because one side started it and then the other side reacts and it's like, I'm telling people, stop, stop for two seconds. Like, look, I I get Mm. the frustration on the guys on my side. I'm like, but Hey, understand that when you're in politics, you know, or you kind of argue something, they don't have people screaming at each other every day on Washington. That's not what you see. You see people, intellectuals that go up there and could do it. And that's, you know, right when all that stuff started going on downtown and the accusations, everything, I went from just going out and doing something that I thought was right to that Sergeant Lesh turned back on. Some they flipped that switch and it's like, okay, now now you really got my attention. Okay. Here. And then that's how you get me typing things yeah, up yeah, on a laptop yeah, yeah, for okay. the first time. In okay. Years. All right. Well we'll we'll get into a little bit yeah. of that. So one of the one of the things that I've uh, I've made as a general rule, and just so that people are really clear, just because we're gonna dance around some things. Yes, today, sir. Okay. And you and I talked about this because mm-hmm. one of the things that um, I, I think is really important is to have concept conceptual talks, ideological talks, yes, sir. have talks um, that are really concerning, uh, even if it concerns how leadership is functioning mm-hmm. and things like that, but to to try and prevent uh, there from being personal accusation or yep. personal, making it personal here. And so some of the things that you've struggled with and that yeah. have caused you to speak up to you has been deeply personal. Yeah. And so we, we're going to acknowledge that upfront. Yo, um, yeah, that exactly. Some of this has felt personal for you, um, but yep. we're also going to just say, Hey, as far as the conversation goes, there's a bigger there's, issue. There's the a bigger stuff. issue yep. and, and we're not going to make it personal exactly. um, in, in our conversation. Um, and so I've, I, you know, and this is the same rule and I actually, you know, if you go back and watch some of the most recent um, shows with the people who ran for office, yep. Okay, so if, whether it was for the county commissioner seats or yep. for the state rep seats, those people who ran for office, I told every single one of them the exact same thing. This yep. is not a tax zone. Yep. This is the exactly. time for you to share what's on your heart, what's on your mind, what you think needs Agreed. to happen. Yep. And and some people can do it. Some people can't. Yep. It's just like okay, so if some people get like, nope, I have to attack. Okay, yep. well, all right, that's that's where it is. I, I've I've only cut a couple people off and say, okay, time out. Let's come back to the, main, yeah. to the main point. Exactly. But I, yeah. I just felt like it'd be good to, just for the audience to hear that because yeah. uh, people who, you know, might be curious, like, Oh, what's going on? You know what? Friend Ryan on Facebook, you know, yeah. like get, get create connection, yeah. you know, because our shows here to have this conversation, find things to exactly. celebrate yeah. and then, and then let's create connection, you Agreed. know? So hopefully 
that makes sense to the viewers uh, about some of the dancing we're about to do around yep. some things. And I oh, appreciate you being willing to dance. Oh, it's, you know? it's going to be it's going to be a fine a fine piece of work to dance around a lot of things. Yeah, but, it, so, but it's going to be progressive. Well, and I hopefully can can help with that, right? Yep. So, um, so now let's start off with um, the black first Black Lives Matter protest. <clears throat> so tell me what was happening, what were you hearing, what was going on? Because for the full context, you were one of the men who's been featured in the photos. <clears throat> Yep. Featured at city council talking about it. Featured yep. in in um, in the in the fact that you had a very long conversation with the mayor of Sandpoint yep. uh, and some back and forth there. Um, and then in all this process, you were down there. You had your guns. Mm-hmm. You were fully geared up. Yep. And you were there. So yep. tell tell us what happened and what 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 brought that whole thing about. Well, I would say I mean you know we saw in this country things building up and you would. You would hope, you know, I always told people, I don't think anything will happen in Sandpoint. I don't think anybody will even show up here. But one day, um, a bunch of a bunch of friends of mine who are like-minded, I mean, I had like just eaten a steak. I went and cut me a piece of pie. And then within 10 minutes, my phone blew up and was vibrating off my coffee table. And they're like, grab your gear, get downtown, Black Lives Matter is coming. And that's all I heard. And that's all I is I'm watching the news right now and people, okay, I mean, yeah. and, and you know, we've yeah. got, we have people in our community that were saying, I'm Antifa, we're here to cause problems. Hmm. And so in my mind, I'm like, you know, no, this ain't happening here. I love this community. And I, I, you can, like we said, left wing, right wing, chicken wing. I don't care. You are not messing with anybody in my town. I don't care. And I, you know, told myself, Hey, with what I've been taught in the military, plus you know certain jobs I've done for protection and everything, okay. I know my training. I know that you know I can go from the fun-loving guy to very serious and you know situationally aware, and be able to help a situation. And my goal to go down there was, I'm not number one. I'm not going to let anyone harm this town. But secondly, I'm not going to let anyone hijack what they're doing because guys like me, guys I served with, the guys who are in Arlington National Cemetery right now. They didn't die for a conservative to have more, you know, you know, more of a you know voice than this, or or a Democrat to have more more of a voice. Mm. It's you know, First Amendment, freedom of speech. And I told people, we're not, no one mess with them. If they're going to just march, we will also do our job and make sure that no one in that crowd is going to mess with them. If they look like me and they're dressed like me and they start messing with them, guess what? I'm going to go snatch that person and be like, get out of here. We don't want that here, because guess what? First Amendment, Second Amendment, these are people's rights. And I go down there, um, and so I, so, yeah. so let's just let's <clears throat> yeah. just I, I just want to pull back. So yeah. there was um, there was a moment where obviously um, one of the county commissioners posted, "Hey, there's protests." Uh, was that yeah. part of your thought process? Ironically, I didn't even see that okay. until I got home at one a.m. Um, I went from 3 p.m. to 1 a.m. out there on June 2nd. When I got home, I heard about that post. I didn't oh, even didn't hear even about it at all yeah. from him. And people were talking about it. I was like, oh, I didn't hear about it. Yeah. you know. And I know Dan. Yeah. But I was like, I didn't hear about it. Okay. I mean, I literally just had text messages from guys that I know and trust. Okay. And these are guys that don't just call me. They this is the first time I've ever been called to do something like this. I uh-huh. mean, since I've known these guys. So yeah. it's like, these do you are feel guys, like, yeah. do you feel like any of that, re- the reports that you were getting, like some of it was just BS or was it factual or accurate? Cause it seemed like there wasn't any, any rubber rousers or anything around down there. Um, so, so yep. what, tell me and, that. About and, I, that. And, I, and I will say when my first question was, okay, how many are there? And somebody said, you know, maybe a hundred or so. And I was like, okay, I was like, are you seeing anything? They said, well, they're coming across the bridge. We're trying to gather in town right now. So I said, okay, fine. 
and I and I roll up in the town and I go to the spot where I'm gonna stand and I and I keep trying to you know talk to people because one thing you learn in the military is intelligence can tell you one thing and it could be something entirely different. Totally. And yep. I t- and I'm t- talking to people. I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, do we see anybody doing stuff? You have rumors of mm-hmm. bottles being thrown mm-hmm. on the bridge or something being thrown mm-hmm. in vehicles. And I was like, okay. Well, and I've already seen and heard of the picture that was taken on the bridge with them before they even went into town. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, if these guys that I know who are standing there with these people, they're going to make sure that nothing bad's going to happen. So then I, it, it, to a degree, it eases up a little bit because I was like, okay, these guys are not going to allow anything to happen to these people or let them do anything. And they're trained. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stay in here just to be safe because one thing you learn in the military too is, you know, guerrilla warfare, insurgency. They can you know, be walking through town and a whole different group of people could walk in town to cause a problem. So when I, when they finally came through town, you see, it's a bunch of teenagers. I was like, and a part of me was like, you know, I'm glad they're saying something. Mm-hmm. I'm glad, yeah. you know, and you know, and I, and I tell Come people on, like, you, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, and I get a lot of flack from conservatives for this. Cause I always say with black lives matter, the sentiment of it, I agree with, Come on, yeah, but what has transpired over the years, mm-hmm. th- there's certain things that come out where it's just like, hey, I can't stand with this 100%. I mean, okay. not, I'm a conservative. And hey, Trump, when Trump does something stupid, I'm like, hey, 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 hey. Yeah. So I, and I, I, yeah. I sit there and I have to sit back, look at what's going on. Yeah. But I, when they walk by, I mean, nothing's happened in town. Yeah. And But the thing is, is that when people say, oh, well, you know, they, they weren't intending to do anything. I was like, you, you cannot promise that something will happen or won't happen. No one on this earth can guarantee that. You could have the FBI here. You can have the Secret Service. You can have everybody here, but you can't control these people. You can't control them or an outside agitator. Okay. Just, you know. And, so so with yeah. that with that in mind, you know, with that, okay, there's not really a way to control it. Yep. Tell me, um, tell me what do you feel like the, the real benefit of having um, the armed presence in town was um, specifically, you know, we do have, and, and I know that you've actually, you know, mentioned some things around um, the capacity of police versus yep. having some extra people there. Maybe you could tell me a little <clears throat> bit about a little about, you know, how did you see the benefit of having, uh, you know, the armed presence in town with what looked like a pretty benign group of people? Yep. So again, it, you know, you could have that, you know, 90, 90% of that group be okay in a small group part of percentage would be bad. Or you can have a whole separate group of people while we're focusing on them. A whole other outside group that has nothing to do with that group could be coming around and doing stuff. And again, we had, you know, people in yeah, our community saying, lot, hey, we're going to come cause problems. You do see that a lot yeah. in places like Portland and Seattle. Which, which I was, I've, I've been in Seattle during May Day riots. Yep downtown locked in my hotel while they're burning the library down you know yep. like trying to burn the library down so i so, would say yeah, that it's and it's absolute chaos and you have no idea what's happening or where it comes exactly from. and yeah. i would say that you know i would ask anyone is that okay if you're a person who's gonna go commit a crime and you're gonna do anything would build if you were to choose to throw a, a brick and a multi cocktail into a business would you rather throw it through a business that's not guarded and no one's there, or would you throw it through if you had, you know, two? You saw in every block there was an armed person, you know, knowing that you're one person and there's fifty people watching you. That you know, and and we can go, you know, subdue someone. We can mm-hmm. go grab someone, put them on the ground, and call the police. Because as Chief Coon said, you know, no police department can ever promise that they can handle anything that comes up because there's there's outside factors that you may not know that are going on, and I mean, I've told people, you know, in the military, we get taught to, 
you know, if you want to stop people, think like those people. Well, the optics isn't good for the police to show up at a Black Lives Matter no, rally and no. then try to, you know, prevent something from happening that may or may not. Yeah, and that's because the hard our thing policing, about police too. Yeah. Our policing is reactive. Yep, unfortunately, and that's predominantly the sad reactive. So, but go ahead. Yep, and that's I'm the just, sa- yep. No, just, no, yeah, yeah spitballing. That's good. Yep. Yeah, the I would say that that's the one. In I mean, unfortunately, police are forced to pretty much only be reactive. And again, you know, we might have, I think one of the officers I talked to said that, you know, at night there's for County, there's 26 officers in the entire County. And then you don't have every police officer on your force active during one time because you have a shift changeover. So I tell people, it's like if one organized group of people really wanted to do something here, it doesn't take a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of time. And I brought and I had this discussion with a couple people who were asking me why I was out there. I said, mm. I said, you know, let, let's play devil's advocate as we as we talked about earlier. Let's play devil's advocate. If let's say if I wanted to do something here in this town, you know, just hypothetically, you know, due to how my leaders in the military taught me, and they tell you how to, you know, if you really want to plan something, how they is that's how you prevent something. You think about if somebody want to do something. You know, think about how long did it take to put that fire out here in the town that we did the recent fire, a couple hours. So imagine if you had. 20 people who dressed like me, you know, just walked around or dressed like a normal person. What in under their jacket, they have a brick and a Molotov cocktail. And at one time, in a, in a matter of five seconds, they put a brick through every window and put a Molotov in every window. If our fire department, police department can't do anything about that, they are not going to stop a blaze in each building, in each business. And at that point, it's not just one building that takes hours to do. You've got a whole town going. And then that affects, again, left wing, right wing, chicken. We all suffer. And I, I, I'm down for the chicken wing party. Yeah. Oh yeah. Chicken wing. I mean, I mean, there's so many flavors to them. <laughs> yeah. Can I, you know, what's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, where do, where do, you know, the aggressive, the aggressive, um, I'm just, I, I just had a thought cross my mm-hmm. mind. Where would, where would aggressive, um, individuals, individuals want to attack, um, except for places that are inherently known for being racist. Yeah. So so let's let's look at maybe the optics from of what the optics here. of yep. what's happening right now um, is that um, we have a we have a lot of of people who are proclaiming you know um, the north North Idaho area to be even more racist than yep. ever before mm-hmm. um, because it's more conservative. <clears throat> Um, and they're not even mentioning words about that, yep. you know, um, and, uh, anybody who, you know, what's the word a nationalist or a patriot is, yep. is akin to Nazis and KKK. Um, and so you have a, a large contingent of the population up here that would consider themselves, um, to be pro-America yep. nationalists. And mm-hmm. that's in that regard. And, and people can look back at my conversation with Robert around the difference between being a nationalist and maybe a white nationalist, yeah. um, people who are pro constitution, uh, pro bill of rights, that type of stuff. Um, and would consider themselves to be patriots or, yep. or being labeled as being Nazis and, and KKK. So, um, if with that being the case, I, it seems to me like that might actually be, um, putting a target on our region for people to come and be oh, yeah. a little bit more aggressive towards, 
um, businesses and to people up here that yep. are specifically labeled that way yep. publicly. Um, and yeah, by public, at- we're talking social media, right? So um, it seems to me like that might not be a good way to be labeling our, our community. Oh, no. Because no, 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 no. actually we may be, we might be attracting, unfortunately, that oh, rhetoric yeah. might be attracting some violence. Unwanted, unwanted attention. Unwanted, that, oh, you know, or that, attention we should have never had in the first hmm. place. Wow. I had not, I had not fully processed that <clears throat> until you were talking about it. Yep. Um, so, you know, you're down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're um, basically <clears throat> trying to maintain some, uh, you know, basically acting as a as a moderator. V- we'll call it visible deterrent. Yep, moderator, visible deterrent. Yep, you visible deterrent to <clears throat> from anything going sideways. Um, and um, I know that that was intimidating to those kids oh, to see it because yep. it was very intimidating, very difficult for them. Um, and they've said <clears throat> a lot of them have said that was really tough. Yeah, um, because and like I. Never experienced it before. Yeah, that's right. It's a culture yep. clash um, where we go from from we don't see this to now it's it's all it's all right here. And yep. some businesses kind of spoke out at first and were pretty upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them kind of changed their tune a little bit. So tell me about some of the conversations mm-hmm. you had while you were down there and kind of the sentiment that you were experiencing while you were yep. down there on nope. the second of June. Let me say one thing too. Yeah. I will say that those kids, let me tell you something. I've known grown men and women that when they're intimidated, they, they run and they cower. And if they fe- those kids felt intimidated, I actually give them props. You know, Even though we had no intention of – we would never let anything happen to them. I will say that if you feel intimidated, you still go through with what you're doing. I mean that's respect. And I told people – I was like I'll tell every one of those kids like, hey, you know, I would never let anything happen to you. But for the fact that you, you – know, especially that says a lot when it's kids walking, it's very few adults – that's that was kind of shocking to me. I was okay. like, okay, man, you know, you know, the younger generations, you know, I always say that, you know, we all been young, and you know, maybe it's just all emotion. They don't really think through it all. But I mean, the sentiment that they had, I mean, you feel yeah. intimidated by something and you still go through with it. I mean, that's that's part of how change gets made. Um, yeah, that's but good. Yeah, I will say that downtown, it was overwhelming support. I mean, I had I had business owners prominent people in our community come up you know that know me too and people who didn't even know who i was you know just they're hearing me talking to people and they come up i mean pictures are being taken you know telling me thank you people driving by honking you know waving at us i mean probably for the whole night i probably we probably had three four hundred people that you know drove by and waved to us told us thank you um had um two two to three meals bought for me that night um, people were dropping off Gatorades and waters for us, um, mm. you know, by the dozens. I mean, mm. by the time I left the, that night, I was the last person on our, on that street when we all left at one o'clock and I had to go grab all the Gatorade and water and throw them in my, in my Jeep to go home because I wasn't going to leave it out there. Right, right. Not going to litter. You yep. make it, make it cleaner than how you left it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just the, there was a lot of support there. We had some people who came up and talked to me, um, and from both sides, majority was people from you know the concerned citizen of why we're out there and i would say that probably three quarters of them were very just interested to talk they wanted to hear and by the time they left my the conversation with me they realized that hey maybe the maybe from what it looks like isn't what it is and i told him i said you know if if something was to happen say if there was a an aggressor of from either side that wanted to hijack this, whether it was a racist white national white nationalist or supremacist or, you know, an Antifa, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, someone just wanted to bring harm to our community. 
it's going to be people like me and the guys that I was with. You know, I can't speak for everyone who was down there, but the guys that I know, which was the majority of them, we would be the ones getting those same people who may agree or disagree with us behind us and protecting them. We had medical gear on us. Um, a lot of us have training and de-escalation and, you know, getting cover concealment. Um, when mo most people don't know how to do those things, mm -hmm. um, they don't mm -hmm. know how to, I mean, you know, uh, mm -hmm. have you ever heard of Cooper's code, mm -hmm. Cooper's color code? Mm -hmm. Basically it's a thing we talk about in the military police know about it too is, and you know, anybody who's in a stressful job, you go from like, like white to black, white is like, you're at your house. I mean, you're just carefree. Yep. Black, black is when motor skills High go stress, yep. and you just tunnel vision, you shut down. Mm, okay. And most people you always hear about them just shutting down. People don't know what to do. Yeah. And it's people like us who have trained in these situations and know, hey, get these people back, you know. And, you know, we're not going to let anything have these people. When you tell people that, you know, you don't come out screaming, you know, like left-wing, right-wing stuff. And I sat in the dead middle of it. I was like, I'm not letting anything happen to this town. And I told people, I'm not even from here. And I love this town so much. I'm not, I don't care who it is, you know. And you could have the most prominent people in this community who hate me. And mm -hmm. I would still in that moment, if they need it, if it came down to it, I'd protect those people. Mm -hmm. And when people hear that, they were like, you know, hey, you know, maybe from what we're being told right now, maybe that's not all the scope of it. It, it seems a little intimidating, but we understand why. And when mm -hmm. you break down the people, why I have this on, show them, hey, I don't just have a, I don't just have a rifle on me. I have a medical kit on me. I have, you know, tourniquets. Quick clot. You know, I have an IF, which it's called as an IFAC, individual first aid kit. And when people see these things, I'm like, look, I'm here, you know, to whatever needs to happen. Mm -hmm. I said, trust me, I have, I would much rather be home eating my pie at the moment. I was like, right. but if I had to look back on it, if something does happen, I wasn't down there and say, you know, people lost their businesses or something, I would feel horrible. Mm -hmm. Knowing that in the moment when maybe the community needed me, if something was to go, have, go awry, then I sat at home and decided to eat pie because guess what? The pie will always be there, but I don't want to see anybody's business in, in this town get burned to the ground or get vandalized or destroyed because those people, no matter what political party, they worked hard for that. You know, because I tell people when people work hard, it doesn't matter what political side you're on. People struggle. People struggle. Right-wing business owners are going to yep. sit there and you have their finances. You have all these you know, bills. Yep. Left-wing yep. has the same thing. So. I, at that point, I don't yeah. play favorites. It's yeah. you're not touching my town, and mm. I don't care what it is. And I would pray that nothing ever happens. And I right. was, I even said to people, I said, "Prepare for the worst, but hope for the best." Yeah. That's the mindset you need to have. And you know, one other thing they say in the military is, uh, "Kill them, kill them with kindness." Mm -hmm. Don't just go in there, mm -hmm. you know, just ready for a yep. fight all the time. Yep. Unless that fight's already started, don't go do that. Walk but, in and be kind to people and talk to them. You saw because a real you'll, shift. You'll get, you'll get a lot of, you'll get a lot of. Like they say, mm -hmm. what is it with, uh, you get more bees with honey, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, spoonful of sugar, do. right? Yep. So, you know, I was, I was listening to a podcast, uh, a couple of weeks ago and I, and, uh, one of the things that was interesting was talking about the, um, military training, um, that shifted in, um, the middle East, um, during the surge with under, uh, David Petraeus. Yep. Like it became that mindset of yep. really developing relationships, communicating well, <clears throat> learning uh, a whole different process for yep. um, engaging, you know, uh, and de-escalating situations. So, uh, which is great. So well, you, you look know, back on history, you mm -hmm. look at, look at the, look at how many places have tried to take over Iraq and Afghanistan and tried to do something. I mean, the Russians tried and they failed mm -hmm. miserably. Yeah, you have been there forever. You, I tell people, look, 
we have the greatest military in the world. If we wanted to, we could march from one end to the other, gotten rid of everything and call it a day and been done with the war before I even got out of high school. But you do that, you you start to cause problems mm-hmm. with people. One of my best analogies I use, you know, when I tell people is that why you you be nice to them is this. Say you say overseas, and this is um, if people want to look it up, go look up um, uh, Mike Glover, Mike Glover with uh, Fieldcraft Survival, and I've used the same analogy for a long time, but he says it too, and it's I mean from more the more the more prominent people in the military say this is that you go into a house and you go aggressive, just balls at the wall, ready to go. And say there's a guy in there who deserves every bit of what's coming to him. Say we walk in that you, you know, say, you know, Navy SEALs whoever walks in there and shoots him right there. He deserves it. If his three sons are sitting there and they see it, they may not, they just look at him as their papa. And guess what? You just, you killed one terrorist, you created three more. Mm. If you hmm. become polite with the community, and it might take a long time, because people, I tell people, you gotta say, when anytime there's a war, there's the population that lives around there, they just wanna be left alone. Mm. Every every single war that's ever been, they just say, hey, who's gonna give us the best deal in this situation? That's who we're gonna be with. So when you go in there, <laughs> usually you're bad people. Yeah. And this applies to even stuff here. Yeah, in the totally. Community. The culture you, war. Yeah you, yeah, you go you go walk into these places and you say, hey, Look, we have the capabilities, but we don't want to. Let's be friends. What do you need? Because usually all these communities where the bad actors are, those communities hate those bad actors. They do. They're yeah. too afraid yeah. to say anything. Yeah. So if we go in there and mm. we say, hey, we'd be friends with them for a few months, and eventually one guy comes up and says, hey, um, George over yeah, here, he's, yeah, 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 yeah. he's going to be leaving mm-hmm. and yeah. he's going to go 20 miles away. So then you hit him mm-hmm. there and they just hear, oh, Papa died. But they didn't see it. Yeah, interesting. It, it's it, it, that in uh, that same logic yeah. carries over to how I've mm. always said that this whole for years now the whole police, the whole police and um, you know black communities and all these communities, all these places. It's such an, a a simple fix, mm. but it's not easy. And mm. I tell people in that context, simple and easy are not the same thing. Mm. Well, I mean, si- it's simple. Yeah. Treat people like human beings, and I I firmly believe too that. A lot of the issues you're still seeing, this police has gotten a lot better since the Rodney King days. Oh, but absolutely. you still have the the bleed off effects mm-hmm. from it. And I tell people that you're gonna soon you're gonna see we're not you're always gonna have these these incidents pop up, which is crazy because it's already already extremely rare to begin with. But um, which I blame that on the media why it gets all blown out of proportion. But I will say that. If they go in and you have both communities, you know, you know, minority communities, and you have the police show up, look at what happened in Flint, Michigan, when the cops took off their stuff and said, hey, we're going to walk with you, but don't let anything happen to us. Mm-hmm. And guess what happened when people wanted to start agitating? The protesters said, hey, get away. Mm-hmm. This is what we want here. We want mm-hmm. talk. We want to come together. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, you walk mm-hmm. in there, you take off your armor and everything, but you tell these community leaders, hey, we're trying right now. This we're extending the olive branch. People come together. And eventually, I tell you one thing: you see the old cats from like the Martin Luther King days. Because mm-hmm. I grew up in New Orleans, I mm-hmm. I knew these old cats, and they they know the bad people. That's why you see all these old cats right now coming out and saying, "This is not what we did back then." Yeah, and I tell you, except there's for people, like two or three, <clears throat> yeah, a few select people that are making a lot of money on it. <laughs> oh but, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, but I tell you, it's such a. It's such a simple thing, man. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it comes down to respect for people, and I, and ne- neither side wants to, you know, to a degree. I guess the people who make decisions, um, mm. they they don't want to give any ground, and it's sad yeah. because yeah. Well, you yeah. know, we we're, we're living in a very um, a very uh, charged, I would say. Yeah, charged and <clears throat> um, and very linear thinking 
world right now. People don't want to deviate from what they yeah, know. Yeah, we, we're, we're losing the ability to um, think with some nuance yep. um, and outside of, of just the the my side, your side, my tribe, your tribe. Oh, tribalism um, is a horrible yeah, thing. Yeah, and it's... And, and it makes I'm, you feel comfortable, but it's not always I'm right. down, like, so it, I, have a, I have a group of friends, um, you know, from all different types of backgrounds and colors, and uh, they're my tribe. Like yeah. these are my people, and it has nothing to do with with anything other than uh, we love Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> we believe, you know, strongly in 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 the sense of how God wants to see justice enacted mm-hmm. in the earth, which starts with mercy, um, and it starts with love, and it starts with kindness. Like yep. these these basic principles that, um, uh, and we you know we love our country. So you know, there's a lot of those those pieces, even the hard things. You know, even the hard things that are really difficult about. Um, the history of our nation and mm-hmm. that type of stuff. We're we're, we're still. Uh, if you don't know your we're history, still together. you're going to repeat it. Well, and and if you also uh, if you distort history, um, you'll you'll repeat the wrong history. Exactly. So I'll just say that. Um, one thing that um, that um, you know you've you've mentioned is a little bit about um, leadership, and I'm just let's just talk in leadership perspective you've you've kind of struggled um with some of the leadership within the city mm-hmm. with um saying one thing and doing another yep and um doing it doing one thing publicly saying something else privately mm-hmm. yep um and um and that that issue brought you up before the city council to try and say hey we're dealing with two sides of something here um if you were to uh paint a picture of what a healthy city leadership would look like what how would you describe that um what, what i would yeah i would say does that do my question make sense no no no, it makes sense no, okay. i'm just i'm just trying I'm, to because i i, yeah. I want to i want to ask that the right way yeah. yep i would say the best you could look at it is this is that and i'll i'll go back to you know to military leaders the best thing is people are going to have their differences but a, a, a great great leader brings people together because one thing i've and i i've struggled with you know getting out the military is that in the military you're all on the same page i mean mm-hmm. that say, <laughs> say if you two were marines with me yeah me and him could yeah. be i mean we could be going at each other when uh-huh. you know th- that morning uh-huh. i mean ready to go to blows with each other but when it comes down to the job if he's relying on me and i rely on him we're gonna get it done yeah because we're brothers i mean yeah. one thing i would say in the marine corps is we don't we don't bleed anything but green and we're all worthless is what we say that's, oh, that's what they funny. tell us you're all worthless don't think any of y'all are good you're better than the other because you're on. all come on we need dirt. we need a new mantra yeah all right you're not dirt <laughs> well we could be crayons because a lot of marines eat crayons yeah well <laughs> there's a lot of things we can say about a lot of the yeah. branches so we'll the, just uh, we'll just <laughs> but we uh but it's one of those things like a great leader can sit there and say, hey guys, you know, look, we're gonna have our difference. Let's, you know, again, come together, uh-huh. and but let's find the common goal. Okay. Yep. And my thing would be is this: like, you know, that in politics, politics are dirty. Politics have problems, but you're gonna have party lines and everything. But mm-hmm. you know, the great, great leaders of our country, whether it's a mayor, a governor, a family, household, you know, mm-hmm. member of a household. The mm-hmm. best ones know how to unite people mm-hmm. and set aside differences. Mm-hmm. And they may say, hey, you know, hey, your your side has a good point, but y'all are wrong and y'all have a good point, but you're wrong. Y'all need to come talk, but let's figure out what is our goal here. Mm-hmm. Our goal here should be unity. Mm. We're, people are going to agree until the end of time. I hate to tell people, people need to, yeah, yeah, we gonna, can come yeah. to more middle ground, but people are going to have their ideas. But a good, a good leader should sit there and not tote. The, his his or her constituents 
and uh, excuse me chicken uh sandwich um but they should sit there they should sit there and be able to point each other out and say hey look you know i, I know these people got me in office but what they think is not what this side thinks uh-huh. and, the, and, and my constituents aren't shouldn't be the only people who matter right now it should be what's best for the entire community for example look at look at the uh mayor of uh minneapolis yeah i mean he is you know left he's left-leaning all this i mean the ideal person where most people on the right would say hey oh no you know i'll say all kinds of horrible things about him but when black when the when the black lives matter people started come out and saying let's abolish the police department he stood up there on live television that he said they said will you abolish the police department he said no and that I tell you, when you you go against a mob, they wanted to kill him after that. He went against an angry mob to stand up for what was right. Because in that moment, you, he agreed. Hmm. He, he can sit there and say, "Hey, there's a problem with police, but you don't know what it's like to have a world without police." Mm-hmm. And if we do that, what mm-hmm. is going on in these cities? Things burning. Mm-hmm. It is going to get a million times worse. Mm-hmm. So, so <clears throat> you know, standing up for what you believe is right is sticky. Because yep. we all disagree on that. You're going to lose. And I tell people, what is it the saying that, uh, um, the few things is one is like, if you, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Yeah. Um, and okay. then, and then so, who is it? I forget what president it was. Uh, maybe mm. you'll know, um, where mm. he's, uh, one of them said, um, uh, or it might've been, it could have been, I think it was a president. He said basically that, oh, you stood up for something and people are mad at you. Good. That means you did the right thing. So let's, let's play devil's advocate yep. here. So we've oh, this got, will be fun because I'm really good at this. So, so <laughs> for, for example, uh, we have a leader in the community that has taken a really hard uh, stand yep. um, and has said, this is the direction that we need to go. And uh, it has made a lot of people upset. Oh yeah. Um, and the exact same thing that you're talking about is that that, to many people is seen as really strong, f- thoughtful leadership that is something to stand up against, um, you know, an idea or against whatever. Some people call it divisive. Other people call it great leadership. Mm-hmm. So how do we, how do you, how do you explain that? Because just because somebody's showing leadership, but it's not from the side that yep. I like, does that mean it's not good leadership? <laughs> So, you know, cause yep. we, if, uh, I get what you saying. hear what I'm saying, because yep. I think that that's, that's what I'm seeing happening is where we have uh, one side of the aisle. That's like, this is great leadership. Someone's yeah. taking a stand. They're doing it vocally. They're doing it publicly, mm-hmm. just like the mayor of, of Minneapolis. And in the, in spite of people yep. really being upset about it, yep. they're still doing it. That's really good, strong leadership from their perspective. And other people like, this is the worst leadership I've ever seen yep. because it's becoming divisive. So, so. I would say that the main main difference I would say between what's going on here and what the mayor did in Minneapolis is the mayor went against the people that would normally be his constituents. He went against the people that are the most fired up and charged at the moment, and he went against – he did the thing that that crowd did not want to hear him say. And here I notice you're having leadership that's pretty much just digging their heels into their party line. and. I think that's a little bit different, two different cases, oh, okay. because you have one that's saying, "Hey, my party line, these are people who got me in, I'm sticking with them, no matter what." And when I tell, and people say, you know, you bring up the whole fact of um, if they, if you know, what's the difference? Well, guess what? Back in the day, you had politicians that were in support of um, segregation, and at the time. 
that was one of those things that you know for at the yeah. time a lot of people said oh it's fine you know yeah. but doesn't mean it was the right call mm-hmm. and i would say that you know a, someone like arlie shapir would be better to see is them say okay what where's our disconnect here because i would say that the disconnect here is is just lack lack of wanting to meet in the middle and have mm. understanding okay because okay. for ex, you know for example our leader you know our leadership here wants to question you know you know he the the, the leadership makes just in very inflammatory just like crazy statements like when we were downtown the leadership in our town says oh they were down there with all all they all had full auto weapons and then you see a good leader in our community who stands up and says hey Let's uh let's be honest here. You know this is what it takes to get a full auto gun, and I guarantee you, people did not have fifty thousand dollar guns downtown. I can guarantee you that. And then when the other leadership says, "I well, that's I think that's irrelevant." So when truth was brought into the matter, something that was not a left wing or right wing issue, that was just stating what the laws are. And when, when the leadership says that, I think that's irrelevant. That says that a leader was introduced information that goes against what he said. And instead of saying, my bad, or, hey, I misspoke, I apologize, let's correct that on the record, uh-huh. they dig their heels in and say, I think that's irrelevant. Well, and that, I mean, that's even, scary yeah. for any politician on yep. either side to sit there and say, when they look at hardcore facts, and then they say it's irrelevant. Because then it's like, well, how are we making change if, if facts don't matter anymore? Mm. We're, we, don't make, we don't make legislation and things off of feelings. Mm-hmm. We go off of logic and facts and yeah. some emotion and feeling into it so i will say i will say that um i have i've been surprised uh, and i'll and i'll i'm of course we're not gonna get too into the weeds but you know i've, I've got to be able to come back out the weeds so but one of the one of the things that i've seen is um and and i'll just say leadership in our region uh this isn't i'm not going to focus on mayor or yep. county or any of that type of stuff but leadership in the region sometimes will make uh, emotionally charged decisions in the moment based on a conspiracy theory or based on um, bad mind reading. Yep. And it drives me crazy. And I see it on both sides. Oh, for sure. And, and um, for, you know, I I remember uh, sitting in this chair, having an interview with somebody and hearing them say that they're part of their major platform was based on a conspiracy that they can't prove. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you do that? You know, how does, let's you know, find, let, let's so, do a class on those mental jumping jacks yeah, from that person. Cause it, I want to learn how to, how to counteract those people because it's kind of hard to argue you, against you, those you, people who are that far. Into you just it. go ostrich, right? People are <clears throat> yeah. ostrich in their heads in the sand. They won't, you know, and but whatever. I'll bring up so, a good point to the ostrich effect. Yeah. When I tell people, if you want to argue politics, cause my mother and father have always told me that if I went to college, I should have been an attorney. Cause I can talk, 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 talk. And I'll, I'll go until that person's ears fall off. And my thing is this: when you're going to talk politics, I always say, leave religion and leave politics. Leave religion and leave emotion out of it. Mm. Leave it at the door, and you'll get more people listening mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I grew up mm-hmm. in the South. I grew up in in a Catholic church. I mean, church every Sunday type thing. And if I can walk away from it, and I can sit there and say, hey, let's leave this at the door. Let's just talk about mm-hmm. you know logic mm-hmm. and common sense. People tend to listen to you more. And when you go in fire charge with emotion, you can have every right to have that emotion. 
mm-hmm. you'll lose people. Mm-hmm. So the ostrich mm-hmm. effect. But yep. continue. Yeah, I just want well, to add that. To so, that. so you know, the mayor and I had a long conversation about the the difference between intent and impact. Yep. And and one of the things that um, you know, even um, Todd Crossett, who's been very vocal and outspoken, who was on the the BLM podcast mm-hmm. um, around this particular issue, is that you know the presence of guns creates intimidation. And uh, is the mindset for a lot of people mm-hmm. that, that are not from, like I mentioned in uh, when I was talking with Shelby around the culture war, mm-hmm. you know, like around the, the culture clash, mm-hmm. this reality of, of just the presence for some people can be very intimidating. How do you respond to that? Because it's, this is one of those things that for some people, that's a reality, yeah. you know? Oh, and, and so and I've how never, do you, how do you respond to that? I will say that, the there's the awestruck factor of, pe- of people seeing it i will not discount that because i tell people if you don't it, it's the same it's the same view is the in the same feeling they have is the same feeling of that if you had if you had a black person walk through like an all-white neighborhood for some people you'd be like what's that wait what's going on wait mm. what, what whoa 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 mm. oh panic mode and it, i think it, a lot of it is due to um, just lack lack of education okay. and stuff. Yep. And and again, you know, if somebody so if that's somebody, bias, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, there's oh, a totally. bias there, right? Yeah. Because and I feel like simple. I feel like very simple education mm-hmm. would help both sides. Because, mm. for example, I mean, you know, me I, when it comes to issues in this country, I try to I immediately start in the middle, and I want to see hear all all arguments and you have people on both left and right that just are their heels are dug into stuff you know yeah absolutely and i tell people why why not try to go talk to someone Mm -hmm. because my thing is this if you're afraid of guns let's ask why are you Mm -hmm. afraid of guns did something happen to you Mm -hmm. because if something happened to you i mean i i have no right to sit there and tell you that you need to get over it Mm -hmm. i but i would sit there and say hey why don't we go talk Let's go. Mm-hmm. Sh- let me show this person mm-hmm. that you know with firearms, safety is the most important thing in mm-hmm. firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more important than any. That's more important than the optic you have in your gun. Everything there's yeah. the four, you yeah. know, the four safety rules of firearms, and it's just great. And like I always say, that if people would, I I've extended the olive branch to people <laughs> on on the left, yeah. Because when things started going crazy in the country, I had left wing people who know. I'm not the guy who's going to bark at you. If you want right. to learn about guns, I break it down as we call it in the Marine Corps, Barney style. I'm going to break it out real simple for you, and I'm going to walk you through everything. Mm-hmm. I've helped train women in this community who are left-leaning, heavy left-leaning people when the riots started breaking out, and they travel, and they said, we are terrified. And I said, well, look, I you know I know you know me in this town. You know I have fun with people. Let, let's get serious for a moment. Yep. And they noticed <clears> that I go from fun-loving and everything to when I'm teaching firearms, it is very, very serious. If you, and people will notice when I was in town that day, not once that I put when when people were around, I did not once put my hand on my firearm, and I did not want, I didn't not on my rifle or my pistol. I simply had my hands right here mm-hmm. because again, a lot of things when police, you know, people want to be talk about with police or anything, is um, you know, what what stance are they taking? You know, hey, I, if okay. someone came up to me and they had a hand on their gun, oh, uh, I, I'm already getting up there my anxiety is getting like okay what is this what's their intentions if i'm sitting there if someone's sitting with their hands like this or you know think of if a cop walks up to your door and they pull you over and they walk up and instead of just sitting there with the hands in plain sight you know they immediately you know have their hand on their gun you're already looking down like like what i do what's happening why is your hand on your gun right now yeah and yeah i i so i i mentioned the blm uh, podcast that i i I, years ago uh, got arrested for a dui 
and uh, I was parked in a car. I had too much to drink, and uh, this was decades ago. And um, I had too much to drink, and I have, and was actually parked in a parking lot yep. uh, of the bars. I realized I can't go anywhere, so I yeah. just sat and was sleeping off. But my keys were in the car, which is a DUI, right? Uh, for if for what, what what in the state you were in, is it that they have to be in the ignition or just in the car? In the car. So in Louisiana, there have been times where. Where I would go drink or something, and my designated driver or something would stupid would happen to him, and I'd just go to sleep in New Orleans. I mean, in the middle of like dead of New Orleans, just fall yeah. asleep in my truck. But it was always like you couldn't have your key. I ended up, the, the, it ended up getting dismissed. And, <clears throat> yeah, and, and it was it, well, was, it was all good. But yeah. but I still got arrested. Yeah, and I was like mad. <clears throat> yeah, I'm like, hey, hey, I am not doing anything wrong here. What is going yeah. on? Why are you doing? You know why? They're like calm down you need yeah. to calm down you need to calm down and then the guy put his hand on his weapon like yeah. on a taser or something i'm like okay all right okay, okay, okay. like i immediately was like oh. yeah you know like just got calm quick yep. um so you know one of the things that um so i i, I want to bring this around yep. here because okay. um w- when we talk about healthy leadership mm-hmm. i think that I think that uh, really strong leaders are those people who have an internal compass um, that that uh, will benefit not only themselves mm-hmm. and their uh, viewpoint, but the whole of the community. Yep, uh, really, really strong leaders are able to do that. Um, yep. And I also think that really strong leaders have to make hard decisions and they need to make them quickly and they mm-hmm. need to make them regardless of whether or not people are whining and complaining. That's about the difference it. between a good leader and someone who just has a leadership position. Correct. Yes. And and if the leader is there for the sake of pleasing people, they're not a good leader. Yep. Right. Because you cannot be a, you cannot be a strong leader and be there to make people happy. Yep. Now. In politics, it's a little different mm-hmm. because they, uh, you know, obviously, they have to go their party line usually. They, the yeah, people who well, put them in. That's right, and and they also, I think they're that. I, I don't think conservatives understand how principled Democrats are. Um, yeah. Can, let's just be, they're principled. They're yeah. principled. I value a principled Democrat more yeah. than a washy Republican. Oh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll just say, you know, I value someone with strong leadership skill mm-hmm. over people who um, who will just run with whatever the most recent <clears throat> narrative or fake news is. Yep. Um, so, you know, for me... Um, I think that there's a lack of uh, sensitivity mm-hmm. happening. Um, there's a lack of understanding mm-hmm. um, in the sense of what is the impact of someone's actions versus their intent. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> so just to bring that back around, there's yep. a there's a big impact. Oh yeah. And we get the intent, but we're not fully grasping um, the impact. The impact. Yep. Um. So and I think that that over time, mm-hmm. um, leaders learn lessons. Oh yeah, good leaders. And it, it, it's up to them to learn whether That's they right. learn it, it with a little bit of turbulence or if it's just they heavy. get dropped out of a thirty-floor yeah, building come and on. it hits and it's them hard and it's heavy. So, <clears throat> what I see happening, what what I will say is because of of what I know of of. Uh, the mayor and what I know of our county commissioners and yep. what I know because I've 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 had the privilege of sitting down one on one with every mm-hmm. single one of them. Yep, exactly. I've seen you it, know yeah. on the on on this show being able to and and in my function uh, in my private world uh, of you know running a housing agency, pastoring a church, and and being involved in a bunch of different activities, mm-hmm. um, I I recognize that um, 
leadership on all sides is extremely difficult and mm-hmm. you're always trying to make the best decision that you think you can make at mm-hmm. the time and to be principled about yep. it. Um, so like, like to me, <clears throat> I think the one thing that we're really missing is that step stepping back from, from the, um, I would uh, say the ledge, the ledge of where yeah. you're standing, because it's almost like they don't want to move f- step forward to make progress. They, you know, they, I think yeah. people need to take a step back and figure out how to start yeah. the process of building that bridge. Well, and, and I think stepping back from, from the principled rhetoric, mm-hmm. um, because when, when language is so important, Oh yeah. Because what I'm, what I'm noticing is that I think most people on the right and left are in total agreement about racism. <clears throat> oh They're yeah. In total agreement about, um, people that we do want and we don't want in this community. Oh yeah. Cause there are some real racists here and that's no oh, doubt. Yeah. Okay. There are. All right. Yeah. So we saw some examples on Facebook of that. <clears throat> yep. We see examples of, of even churches that are extremely racist in the yeah. area. You know, we got, there's some, still some crazy stuff going oh, on. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. And, and man, I wish <clears throat> that we would just be like focused on the right thing. Yeah. Because if you, you know? focus on the, on the right things for everybody. Yeah. You're gonna push those people out because people, totally. those yeah. people will never stay somewhere where they don't have an audience. Yep. Kind of like, kind of like the, take the, the crazy conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. that lives in a van by down by the river. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he lives by the river because no one's listening to him. Yeah, but it, it's one of those things I would say. Hey, that, now we got, we got some beautiful rivers. There's nothing oh, wrong. Yeah, yeah. With living. <laughs> tell, me river, tell me what kind of van and what river you're by, and you and then we'll we'll go have a talk. I might go stay yeah. with you for a day or two. Yeah, yeah. But I would say that you know. People need to, people need to, I think on both sides need to, uh, especially on the far left and right, like the people who have their heels dug in no matter what. It's crazy. I mean, I've had discussions with conservatives here and I tell them, I'm like, hey, when, when they say, oh, you know, there's police brutality is, you know, not a problem, is not a problem. It's, you know, it's, it, you know, they just need to comply. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Where have you lived your whole life? They're like, well, I've lived here my whole life. I'm like, how many black people have you been around? Hispanic people? How many? And they're like. Well, none. I'm like, so you have no clue. Yeah. I was like, I grew up in the South. I grew up like being like sometimes the only white kid on the basketball team or a baseball team. Like I grew up around this stuff. Like when I was in high school, I would go party with the rednecks on one weekend and another weekend to go to New Orleans on Bourbon Street and stay in, in some of the ghettos there. And and surprisingly, both of those people at the time, those young kids, they would come together and they yeah, would hang absolutely. out and stuff. Yep. And then it, it was crazy at parties. Yep. If you have the right-minded people who just want to have fun and just be good people mm-hmm. to each other, mm-hmm. somebody wants to be a jerk, they get thrown out real yeah, quick. Real quick. And I'll say yep. the, I'll be the first person to say that, like when we say most people agree, I like I've said before the podcast, ninety-five percent of this country is on the same exact page. Mm-hmm. What's it's just what sucks is the fact that the people in power are so divided that they can't. And I always say, like, how do how do politicians get jobs when you know when most of the country is in agreement on things? Like, I can agree that you know most people in this town don't want to talk about. You look at the crack crack epidemic back in the eighties. You look at so many things that have played the black mm-hmm. community, and you cannot deny this. And then I'm, I'm also I'm also <clears throat> the same person on this on that side on my side that when I say when people say. Um, Oh, well, they have poor education, this, this, and this. And I would say, okay, fine. Well, let's bring up the stories you don't hear about where you hear of a of a black kid or a Hispanic kid where the mother and the father in jail or on drugs. And they come out, and by the time they're 17, they're in Harvard. And they come up in the same situation. So then I sit there and say, hey, we can, we can talk about problems and systemic issues, but we need to start holding 
everybody more accountable. To so stuff. one of the things, you know, it's good because, you know, I've been, I've been in a whirlpool, man. Like I mm-hmm. have Robert on and then I have this meeting with, with BLM and, and, you know, oh, yeah. now I'm talking to you. You're so going to get whiplash at I'm some like, point. Yeah. I, you know, I'm like, okay. So there's so many different, not, not only differing opinions, but it's really, you know, different, even different <laughs> facts and different, you know, mm-hmm. things. One of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm seeing and that I feel like I'm learning in my process is that um, so often um, the the issue is not about race, it's about systems. <clears throat> and so there's a system, I believe there's a system that is a, that is a, a pathway to success for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think you know there's certain things that if you do X, y, and Z, you it will the, your, yeah. your percentage odds yeah. of being successful are like through the roof. yeah. And so we've got to, we've got to, I think, I think shift the conversation to, um, to what are the things that we need to do as a community to operate in a manner that sets the most people up for success, mm-hmm. um, and creates opportunity where there hasn't been opportunity, um, where, where maybe, maybe due to uh, a lack of fathers who've been imprisoned, um, mm-hmm. you oh, know, that's a whole discussion well, right there. So, Ooh. so, so when we look at some of these major <clears throat> issues as well as, you know, and that's systemic, that's not yeah. a, that's not a, just a, that's a, that's a, that's huge, a fact. That's a that, huge yeah. issue. So I think that, um, <clears throat> that learning how to, how to, you know, say, okay, what are the ways that, that opportunity can be created where there's opportunity mm-hmm. is needed? There's some place we don't have to create more opportunity. There's plenty yeah. of opportunity for a lot of people. People like, you know, that independent, rugged individualism works great for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, other people have no idea what that looks like, how it works, yeah. and or what systems do you use to benefit in our culture? Yep. Um, and by our, I mean American. So um, one of the one of the other things is is that uh, I think that we've got to, and I think this goes to the Second Amendment mm-hmm. issue. I think it goes to BLM. I think it deals with. Um, you know, uh, left wing and right wing politics is yep. understand your bias. We have to understand our own personal oh, yeah. bias. We all have it. So then we have, I think there's three major filters. I mentioned this in my conversation with Shelby, but we didn't dig into it. Um, there's three major filters that we have. So we have our bias, mm-hmm. but then we're, we're cognitive enough to actually look at our bias and go, mm-hmm. oh, I've got a moral filter. Mm-hmm. that I'm using that is a, different from the bias that is actually different from my yeah. bias. Like, so morally I may like, so if I grew up in Sandpoint and I only see, you know, 96% white people. And then I'm all of a sudden I'm encountering people of color. Mm-hmm. My bias is like, that's foreign. I don't understand it. Yep. And I may have it some may not judgments. Be intentional. It, it might just be exactly. instinctual. So is, the moral, yeah. the moral filter then looks at that filter and says, Hey, mm-hmm that's not a good filter for me to have. I should yeah. change that. And exactly. so we're able to look at the filter and pull it, pull it off and go, okay, I should see that differently. Yep. Um, and so that's that. And then there's the social, how does this work socially? How do we connect socially? How do yeah. we interact socially? So I need a new filter for my bias mm-hmm. on that. And then we've got our, 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 you know, whether or not you have a, uh, the ability to say what is the most constructive way mm-hmm. to view this for the greater benefit of the whole of of our of mm-hmm. myself of the people around me it's more than moral it's more than social we're actually looking at the a benevolent and yep. like a bigger picture uh, filter yep. so when we can look at our bias and we can start a- assessing our filters yep. 
and going, okay, is this good? Is this good? Is this beneficial? Is this beneficial? And is this benevolent? Is this thoughtful? Is it thankful? Am I operating out of gratitude? Like these filters shift everything. Yep. And my hope is that, especially like when we talk about the second amendment thing, Yep. when people have a bias, right? They've got a filters that they're coming to you guys downtown and and they see you and they've got a filter of, of all guns are evil and guns kill people. Yeah. And that scares the snot out of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's look at the filter. Yep. Is that accurate? No, it's the people. Yeah. Okay. So not the guns, the people. Yeah. Okay. So now we've got to, now we've got to begin to look at, okay, socially, how do you interact with that? Yep. You know, so there's, there's exactly. a process that, that I think everybody has to go through. And I think, um, I appreciated the sensitivity that it seems like the people who were down there on the second were listening yep. and were sensitive to the requests to not be at other events. Yep. Cause you didn't see a huge outpouring of a bunch of people down at other events later Nope. because you were asked not to. Yep. Yeah. I and, mean, right. And, I mean, and, it seemed like and, that was and, the case. And what, and what it turned out for me is, you know, I think I stood out in town two times, like completely armed up. And then like two more times where word was said. And I pretty much just went down there with my vehicle, had everything in the vehicle. And I said, if it's needed, I'll throw it. If not, I'm going to just sit here and watch. And the thing is you start, fig- you start addressing the situation. Like, okay, you know, what's the rhetoric behind this one right now? You know, who's that, you know, because like I had some people call me and they said, Oh, Black Lives Matter's in town, and I in like five minutes before I was in town. You know what it was? Is I say the uh, the joke I made was I was like, oh, you mean the AARP people that are out by across some dominoes? I'm like, yeah, cool. I, I'm not worried about them. They're they're there. They're in chairs. They're cool. And they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Just I was tell people, hey, calm down. Good. Calm down. Good. Because yeah. I, I one of the comments I made to our leadership in town and people in town that day on the second, as I said, I said there's only two people in this world who want to shoot someone right now or in general what and right now in this situation it'd be one a psychopath and we don't want them here secondly is someone who has never shot someone in their life and i told people i was like you because i saw it on i mean i saw it on the conservative side here in facebook where you had the people i'm ready to take my gun out let's go do something and i told people i was like what are y'all doing dude yeah i'm like you i y'all, saw I that. said y'all I are saw a bunch some of, of that. idiots oh man i saw some of that and i will tell you i got I flack got, for standing against those people but from, man, my, from my makes, side of the aisle it got me hot man i'm telling you <laughs> yeah. like who like what what like, are you if thinking if anybody is looking to to <clears throat> get violent you have the wrong heart and attitude yep. and i don't care who that offends yep. um but you know it's like if yeah. if you're if you just because you disagree on something politically and you think <clears throat> something's going to go down you're excited to hurt somebody yeah. oh, i'm sorry it, you've it, missed you like you yeah. just missed the point like that that's that's one of those mm. points where i'm all for the second so, amendment but those are the points where when someone is actively on Facebook saying those things, I almost want to be like, you know, and I hate the idea of red flag laws because they could be abused, but it's when people say stuff like that. I'm like, that's why Democrats say this stuff. This is why the left is saying red flag laws. Let's report people like crazy. Like, it's those comments. And I think, why? Why would you make those comments? Because me, I went down there thinking, okay, if people are going to show up on, I mean, I know a bunch of these guys, but there's going to be people there that we don't know and we don't know what they're here for. So, for example, we had a guy... That a bunch of us knew, and and uh, now we didn't know him, but he showed up and we noticed him. You know, I had a sling on my rifle, didn't have a, my hand on my rifle, anything. He's walking around at the low ready with an AK, which low ready is like you're walking, hand on two hands on your weapon, and you're scanning. And I and I called over some of the guys that the leaders I knew, and I was like, hey, 
keep up. You see this guy over here? You know, again, it goes back to police your own. Like if 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 three those three cops that day would have policed what was mm. going on with George Floyd, mm. oh, we wouldn't have this problem right now. Boy, howdy. So when I'm sitting there and I say, hey, 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 guys, come over here, and they say, hey, Ryan, hey, turn around, and we're gonna t- pretend to take a picture. We're gonna take a picture of him. Then I call over to uh, Sandpoint Police Officer. Hey, just let you know he's not with us, and you know his attitude and the things he's saying, we don't. You know, just let you. He and he says, well, until he does something wrong, we can't really do anything. Right. But good for looking out. That's fine. Yep. Later on the night, we had two guys show up with mask on, and I mean, there's one thing we know, gun owners. You don't carry a gun with a mask on. You do not do that. You're asking for trouble, unless you, like some biological attack happens. You're not. Come on, we're in a know. pandemic. Oh yeah. Well, that gives me a right to not wear a mask. <laughs> So we're sitting there and I tell people, I'm like, you know, when he, they showed up, you know, these two guys who look at dental showed up with mask on. And when people said, Hey, well, you know, Hey, take your mask off. Hey, let's talk. They walked away within 30 minutes. They were gone because they noticed we were watching people and again, police your own. And you, you hope that people are going to police their own. Mm-hmm. People should do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I sit there and I do it with, you know, every so often I get into it with conservatives and I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, watch that language. Why are you talking this way? Like, mm-hmm. again, like when people say mm-hmm. you have your bias and you said mm-hmm. you had the next layer. Yeah. Like, like, you got to look at your filters. Like, for example, yeah. I, I grew up in the church and everything. Mm-hmm. And some people that are hardcore with the church, I mean, they are just hard on the LGBT community. And I'm like, mm. I'm thinking like, okay. I tell them, I make this joke, I tell people, it's a serious joke too, but I say, okay, you're going to hate on these people. For example, this is what gets me flack from conservatives in this town. I say, okay, <laughs> you're mad at them for this. I was like, next time you go on the subway, when the guy orders a ham sandwich, you order a turkey sandwich, I want you to punch that guy in the face. And he's like, why? I was like, this is literally your argument you're using right now. They, they, It's just a different type of meat, whatever. So Let this people is where, do what they yeah, want. I was, yeah. like, I was like, look, yeah. I was like, trust me. I was stationed in 29 Palms, California. Oh, not, uh, uh, yeah, 29 Palms, California. The closest city to us that wasn't like a crack city was literally um, Palm Springs, one of the one of the gayest communities in this country, like next to San Francisco. And when we went down there, it, that was my first time around like a lot of a lot of people from that from the LGBTQ community. And when I went down there, you had. A lot of them that didn't care what we were, they would hit on us, disrespect us. But I noticed it was the good ones that stood up and said, hey, these guys, these Marines, they're not gay. Leave them alone. Like, stop it. And I that opened up my eyes where you see, mm. you know, people and you know, people can have their bias and be dug their heels in, just don't mm-hmm. care. They're offensive. And then you see the people that, you know, may give you clarity. Similar to me downtown when people came at me attacking me a few people being rude to me wanting to videotape me trying to say you know, imply that i want to kill people and shoot people and that i'm somehow a racist and i'm thinking i tell people like let's just be kind to them be kind let's you know mm-hmm. show them where i'm not that me particular i'm not doing the rhetoric all that hateful stuff they think yeah. that's not me yeah. and sure enough that's how you get two people showing up later on that say hey we may not agree politically but hey either hey i appreciate you were polite to my child or you know when they were doing something wrong or mm-hmm. you know harassing you and just saying stupid things or it's the grown man who comes up and says hey i'm you know i'm sorry and but you changed my perspective of what was going on here and i got that from politicians here locally mm-hmm. where they said hey you know you changed my perspective of things because maybe you know at first the glance or, or what was said is in my mind i'm already thinking something but as soon as they came and talked to me and i say hey you know, it all, you know, people, 
you know, people need to stand up for what's right, regardless mm-hmm. of things. And what's crazy is downtown, we had about four or five armed Democrats that were downtown. And these people, you know, sat there and said, hey, we're going to get flack for this. They weren't armed as much as we were, but they were downtown with a shotgun or something. They said, you know, hey, we're, we, you know, we're on behalf of one of the business owners here that we know. And they asked us to go down because the business owners are terrified to show up to protect their own business. So they're calling people. And I had business owners message me on Facebook saying, hey, thank you for that. And thank you for being polite to people Mm -hmm. because it only takes one person who's angry and charged to ruin it for everybody. Mm -hmm. And you say, don't be that guy. Yeah. And I and yeah. what was crazy is when I was getting harassed and belittled by these people in town, these like you know three, four, five people over the course of that whole night on the second, I had right wing people standing next to me, you know, listening to the whole thing, and I told people, hey, don't, don't, I was like, don't say anything stupid, just be quiet, let me handle this, and when people leave, they all, all the right wing people ask me, hey. How do you how do you talk to people like this? Like it's mm-hmm. like beating your head on the wall because it's the typical left response I was getting, right. and I tell them I was like, and I said in the moment, you don't know that maybe they they walk away and they change maybe their perspective of mm-hmm. me, and they may mm-hmm. still have their beliefs, but they look mm-hmm. at me and say, hey, maybe my one hundred percent belief of people with guns, maybe now it's ninety percent belief, and you keep running into these good people, eventually their perception changes. And then I mean, those people who came and apologized to me, one of those gentlemen when he came up two hours later. And then he apologized to me in front of the same group of people. He left, walked away, and all of them looked at me. I said, see, that's why. That mm. apology and that said that thank you for being cordial to my son. He said, And the guy specifically told me, I'm glad my son picked you to talk to because you don't know what anybody else is going to say. They can call him an immature. Mm-hmm. you know. They can call him a snowflake. Mm. Call him all these things. But if you go to someone, you speak to them with logic yep. and facts, and you say, hey, I, I understand the, the ply the, – the, um, you know, I understand the reasoning behind Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter. I'm not against this. And I, one of the yeah. purposes I made, or one of the examples I made is I said this, my childhood best friend is black. And it's it scares me to think that this is a guy who did everything right in his life, worked yep. hard, went to college, did everything perfect. His family were great people. They were like literally a second family to me growing up. And it scares me to think that one day a cop could do that to him. And, I, and I'm telling you, I'm the type of person, if I see that happen to anyone, especially someone I care about – that you're gonna, I'm gonna be drug out in cuffs mm-hmm. because you're not gonna do that. I got close family members who are dating black people, mm-hmm. and I it scares me to think that I could this could happen to them from some mm-hmm. cop who's having a bad day who's not trained properly. Yeah, you know, that's a big thing. And, yeah. and, and it scares me. Th- I mean, and during this mm. whole thing, guess what? I've got Marines calling me, Army, uh, former soldiers calling me. Guess what? White, black, all of them, cops, everything. You know, and some of these guys are in protest, and the most defining thing I heard was. One of my Marines called me, um, and he was over in, um, I want to say he might have been in, uh, I want to say New York City. Hmm. He was there. Mm-hmm. He's a cop. He calls me, and then guess what? On the line, he goes, guess who else is here? Puts on another Marine, a black guy. Guess what? White dude is a cop. Black dude is on Black Lives Matter. And they actually coincidentally met face-to-face. He was yelling. He goes, wait, I know that guy. And then it was like in that moment, they mm. both said, what are we doing here? Yeah. And they said, dude, we fought next to each other. Wow. We know. We're brothers. We know. And it's crazy yep. to think that it's a di- yeah. like if people hmm. – and. It, 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 you know, it, it I think that's actually when I heard that yeah. it gave me clarity because yeah, I'm that's thinking a great, you, you start mm-hmm. realizing, wait, wait, why are we fighting? Yeah, now, we're, a, we're on the same page. You know, every cop I know said what he did was wrong. I, I mean, I know I've not I, seen I, anybody. I, I got emotional yeah. watching like I was so, mad. Can I just yeah. say this? What I think is interesting is I think everyone's in agreement that this guy should be charged. 
I think the prosecutor <clears throat> lost his mind when he went to the level of the degree to charge him with. Yeah. Because at that <clears throat> level of degree, it's near impossible to charge a cop at that level. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? Why would you not Someone charge him for? Why quick. Why would you not charge charge that guy with the most um, uh, easily convictable? And they try to work up charge, from there. Yeah. and then go from there. Why would you not start there? Like to go exactly. to the hardest one to prove, the hardest level to prove. Oh, yeah. The likelihood of that guy getting off is so much higher because the prosecutor's overstepping. Yeah. And that's going to, that, that'll be a yeah. firestorm. Nobody will, oh, nobody will yeah, be able that, to contain. I, um, so, yeah. so side note, yep. right? That's just observation. But I think you just really nailed on something really good that listen, when we have the conversations and we sit down and we talk individually, yeah. like we can talk about what's happening systemically and we can talk about um, how to do that. But this really comes down to relationships yeah. and, and really caring for people. Yeah. Um, so the more, the more conversations we can have, the better. Ryan, we're going to wrap it up. Yep. How are you feeling about our conversation so far? Good. Yeah, I mean, it's been fun. Yeah, I, I think I think more people need to have conversations because yeah. it's, I, I think that's yeah. how you make change. It's, yeah. well, it's people I, from both sides and of all mm-hmm. colors coming together and saying mm-hmm. for society, this is what's going to mm-hmm. help us, and yeah. that's you know that's that's what's going to make change. It then, and one last thing I'll wrap up on is I'll okay. say, if you think about it, I tell people when people want to make it a race war and a race problem, I say, okay, let's really think about this. When they when they got rid of segregation, they pass all this stuff. Yeah, even back to ending slavery. Guess what? You know, um, you know who David Goggins is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. He, this is a statement he made. He says he grew up with racism, hateful stuff, and I've, uh, I'd encourage you to read his book if you haven't read it. Come on, that guy's a stud. Yeah, and he said he went through all this horrible <laughs> stuff, but he brings up a point. He goes, you know, when he sold his book, guess what? It was a white guy who helped him, Joe Rogan. Guess what? When he wanted to go through Navy SEAL training three times in a year to pass, guess what? It was a white man who gave put faith in him, and he goes. You know, when all these, when, you know, when, you know, when laws are passed to help stuff with race issues, guess what? He goes, right now, we don't have a lot of black people in power. He goes, Mm -hmm. so guess what? It's white people. He goes, so don't be hating on every white person because they're the ones that you, you treat them right and you show them respect. And then you could, you convince them of the argument politely. They're the ones that make the change. And until, you know, 50 years from now, hopefully we have a more you know, well, even that, playing field, but let's it's, just, it's say, just crazy. Let's just say that absolutely yeah. matches the Black Lives Matter sentiment. Yeah. They would never say it in those terms, but yep. it matches the sentiment because the sentiment mm-hmm. is that white people need to change it. Yep. So. Yep. Again, that goes back to the whole thing at the beginning. The yep. sentiment, I 100% yep. agree with. Yep. You cannot argue against yep. it, but. Sure. When absolutely. it gets hijacked, unfortunately, yep. it's it, it gets hard, harder and harder to stand yep. by it. So I always try to. Well, you know, there's been so many conversations and there's been so many things going on here. Um, And, you know, who knows if it's helpful. Uh, I have no idea, but I think um, we need to pray um, that it is that it is. And we find some middle ground. Find some middle ground, and I think um, I think that there's some really simple things that the leadership in the city and the leadership in the county can do to actually create unity Mm -hmm. very quickly and very easily and tamp all of this down. Um, If they ever want to talk to me about it, I have my ideas. Um, So, you know, who knows if that'll ever happen. Have you ever thought about having a podcast where you have. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Doing debates, doing kind of debates. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been telling people that, you know, I put it out to a few people recently that Mm -hmm. we should have, Mm -hmm. um, 
two people, one yeah. from each side, and have yeah. have the peaceful moderator, one mm-hmm. left wing mm-hmm. moderator, right wing moderator that yeah. calls it in when it gets I need too to personal. Get, I need that. to get a bigger studio. Yeah. I need eight foot table <laughs> for social <laughs> distancing, <laughs> right? Social yeah. distancing, and then also you know a place where I can sit in the middle and you know yeah. help direct conversation. I'd love to do that. People have have, have mentioned that 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 should be happening. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be good. Um, Ryan. Yep. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate, Appreciate having you on. And, and yep. um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I, I think mind reading has to go. Stop judging books by cover. Uh, the bias um, that we walk in with needs to be laid down and we need to look at our filters about everybody yep. right now. We need more love uh, than ever right now. We don't yep. need division. We need unity and love more than anything. And that's yeah. what's going to make progress in this world, not, yep. not division and hate and you know, hateful rhetoric. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there's a point of, of a need for people to not only feel heard, but to feel that not only are they heard, but that their pain is valued. Yep. I tell you and, one thing, you talk to someone in person who's dealt with some stuff, yeah. you see the emotion. Yeah. You can't get it over, over oh, messenger or Facebook. I, when you see someone breaking down in front of you, I mean, it's hard, I, you know, it's my, hard to, you know, and you got to, I mean, most people yeah. are being truthful, but I'm no, I'll tell hard. you, my, one it's of my good friends, deny someone that pain, just, that they just, feel. yeah. And I think, you know, one of my friends who's African-American and, and, you know, uh, you know, he's, he's just turned 40 and, yep. and, uh, he's like, <clears throat> I'm just tired of being a black man in America, you know, like mm-hmm. this is sentiment. And he's like, you have no idea. He's extremely wealthy, former basketball player. Yep. And, you know, he's talking about his conversations with his kids and he's talking about the reality that even being a, a millionaire and being black <clears throat> and the stuff that he's got to deal with. Oh, yeah. You, know, you think he would just be privileged because of the money. It's just money. Still, money doesn't change still, a lot of things. It changes some different. things. It doesn't change everything. And, you know, we, we cry together, <clears throat> yeah. you know, because it's painful and it hurts me to see yeah. him hurting. You know, and I think um, I think that there's just this bigger reality um, that we need to get out of our box on. So I, I again, I just appreciate you coming on yeah, today. I, I enjoyed it. Come on, man. Let's let's yep. let's see if we can have a little little love unity revival in North Idaho. Right. Yeah, we all need to have a good pot Come of on. gumbo. That's what we need. Oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, well, you know, I look forward to having some of yours sometimes. So yeah, I'll bring, I'll bring right. you some. OK, well, with that, we're, we're going to sign out. Thanks for again for watching and thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thank all you. Right. Yep. All right, we're done.